Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. We're your hosts, Amy and Molly, and today we're going to be talking about the unreleased song, Writing Songs About You. Hey guys, welcome back to the Swift Legacy Podcast. We're super excited this week to be talking about the first song Taylor ever performed at the iconic Bluebird Cafe. Writing Songs About You is also sometimes referred to as Songs About You and was written by Taylor, Sarah Buxton and Victoria Shaw in We Think 2005. We're not entirely sure when the three of these co-writers met. However, we do know that Taylor and Sarah Buxton sang backup at the Bluebird Cafe for Victoria Shaw in a show maybe around 2005. I think I think from the photo, I would say it's early 2005, maybe, maybe even late. 2004 and as well as Taylor and Sarah Buxton Hilary Scott from the band Lady A who you will have heard of if you are in the country music fan community she was also one of the backup singers that night now they weren't they weren't like proper backup singers for her but I think she'd invited them up to sing with her anyway that's just a fun little bit of trivia not necessarily connected to the song but it could potentially have been when they met or if they were if they were friends that happened So this song is, I feel like I say this every time, but it's one of my favourites. You really do. What's one of your not favourite songs? Honey Baby. Yeah, but I mean, these are, see, I can't hear Honey Baby without thinking Winnie the Pooh. No, oh my God. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Okay, another one I don't like. I used to fly. I wished on a plane. I wished on a plane is so cute. No, it's annoying. Anyway. This is an incredible song and I love it when Taylor references the fact that she is a songwriter in songs. So like in matches when she goes, I keyed her car, got my guitar and wrote this damn song. And I bet you think about me. Exactly. This song as a whole is a dream because it is entirely about her writing songs. It's, so, it's literally entitled writing songs about you. I think it's hilarious that the fact that um, she was, she always became known for it. And I know it sounds so dumb because she's a songwriter. Of course, she's going to write songs about people. But it was the whole joke going around in 2012, 2012, like, oh, don't break up with her. She'll write a song about you. If Taylor Swift was to break up with you, what would she write in a song about you? I will still say that this is one of my favourites. But when you actually look at it lyrically, it's not it's not the best work she's ever done which I mean many of the unreleased songs I say many of the unreleased songs aren't the best lyrically that she's ever done but that's for the time they were written a lot of them are like W Tennessee um I can't recall any others right now like by the way um love to lose but my point is this is maybe not the best lyrically at the time that she could have written but it's it's a fun song. It's probably more of a fun song than a serious song to be looked at in depth. Would you agree? Definitely. There there are some good lyrics in there, but it's um there are some, but not as a whole. There's nothing special, but it is. I think just the title. I think just makes it. 
it's very Taylor and like it essentially summarizes her career in a song like okay I can't get over you so I'm gonna write songs and songs and songs about you until I do songs and songs and songs and songs songs and songs and many a song that that's it this is her career in a song which is ironic I mean yeah not ironic considering it's a song I know I I love the line how can I put out this fire when you're the one who lit it like I think I think that's That's really good. good one um I feel like the chorus is relatively basic. Agreed? Yeah, I can't wait till the day I stop pretending I'm really okay when I'm not. I want to know how it feels to be over over you for real. Until I do, I keep writing songs about you. I feel like the first two lines and the end of the second verse is probably the strongest when it comes to the verses. Like, I've got a stack of papers so high and it's all about you. I keep thinking maybe I could make sense of something crazy. Um, and then I write your name, I write your name, and then I tear it all to shreds. I love that part is my favorite. Like it is so aggressive. It's so good. You can imagine her writing all these pages and then just like tearing them up, burning them, throwing them out of a window, like, like blank space music video on crack, but with paper, just all that. I think possibly an unpopular opinion, but I think the opening lyrics of this song are some of the best in her entire discography. Like, I can't believe you did it again, walked by and took my heart with you. I don't know. I just feel like it's it's a very strong opening line. I mean, it's decent, but I I would I would not go as far as to say it's the strongest in her discography. That was by a long, a bit long too way. dramatic. But... A little bit too dramatic. Okay, one of the strongest in debut era kind of song. Maybe. You disagree still, don't you? I do disagree. But it's okay. We're entitled to our own opinions, even if you're... You're entitled to your wrong opinion. (laughs) Exactly. I think we should mention the bridge. I think that is cool. And I think it's kind of very... Kind of... It foreshadows a lot of things. Do you want to talk about the bridge, Molly? So the bridge goes, and if you ever change your mind and want me back again, I hope these songs will remind me why I shouldn't let you in. Tell me your thoughts there. I just feel like whenever she writes songs about people, it's like it reminds her, like if she were to go back, that like the entire fan base would absolutely roast her. I would would just like to say, no, just like to say it's clearly not that effective. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, let's not go there. But I don't I don't know. I think it's I just think it's um a really cool line. Yeah, like um, she's someone who can't take her own advice. Yeah, I think it's a cool line and something she should take heed of when, <laughs> you know, going through life that she uh she should look back at this song and be like, oh yes, 15-year-old me did make some points there. Maybe I should, you know, not do I this think- again. I don't think many people go back and look at their 15-year-old selves and think, yeah, I'd take her advice. Yeah, but Taylor Swift, please. Do you have any other thoughts lyrically that you would like to add? No. The song was available for a short period of time on Sarah Buxton's MySpace, where you were able to buy it. That is probably how it got into circulation in the first place. Yeah, I guess this is quite an interesting one because most of the unreleased songs were genuinely never released, whereas this one sort of was in a way. 
So this is the only song that we know of that Taylor wrote with either Sarah Buxton or Victoria Shaw. I would be very interested to know if they wrote anything else together. I mean, Victoria is a very, very good songwriter. She's written a number of songs for very high profile country artists that are incredible. Um, So I wonder if they ever wrote anything else together. I would be surprised if they didn't. I feel like you don't tend to get together. Actually, no. At that time in her career, I think she was meeting with people and literally sometimes just writing one song and that being it. Yeah. But then again, you kind of look at the Scooter Carose and she wrote about four songs with him. And I think that was like quite a brief encounter, as it were. Maybe she didn't then. I don't think she did. That's my final conclusion. Based on nothing but instincts. I'd also wonder whether they were writing together as like a specific writing session organized by like for the purpose of writing or whether they were just friends writing songs. So as Molly said earlier, writing songs about you is one of the few unreleased songs that Taylor has actually performed live back in those days. And she performed it, in fact, at the show she did at the Bluebird Cafe in which she was quote-unquote discovered by Scott Borchetta and the show included Taylor Swift, Aaron Brotherton, Michael Peterson and Robert Ellis Oral who you will know we've had on our show before and is a prolific co-writer of Taylor's. This took place on November the 4th 2004. So let's talk about why we think writing songs about you didn't make the debut album. Molly what's your instinct? Well, my instinct is that it should have done and it was just a stupid decision because it's so on the nose. It would have been a great like closing track, I think. Like, I'll keep writing songs about you. I feel like it sets up the rest of her career. I just think it would have been so good on the album. I don't know. I agree with you. I think it would have been good. So, yeah, I have no thoughts except that Taylor made some stupid decisions or Taylor's label made some stupid decisions. And this one should have been on the album. The one thing that I wonder about is considering that Sarah Buxton posted it on her MySpace profile. Maybe the song was written for Sarah to record or potentially for Victoria to record because in writing sessions, they're often writing for a specific artist. And if they weren't writing for Taylor's album, it could have been the case that it, to be honest, wasn't her song to have. But then again, considering that on the demo she does sing the vocals, that's probably quite an unlikely theory. Not impossible, but unlikely. It's it's a weird one because why would Sarah have posted it on her MySpace? Why would she have been allowed to do that? Unless they were 100% sure that it wasn't going on debut. But why were they 100% sure that it wasn't going on debut at that point? Good question. Honestly, I have no idea at all. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's... It is very much a question mark. It's a song that could have fit on debut along with kind of our song and I'm Only Me When I'm With You. They're the, they're kind of the same sort of song, not thematically, but melodically. Not melodically, but yeah, you know what I mean. They have the same sonically vibe. Sonically, yeah. that is the word. How did I forget the word sonically cohesive? 1989-era Taylor is screaming at me right now. Those words will haunt me forever, but no, it's a good way of describing it sonically. It fits sonically, thematically, even lyrically. Like, it's stronger than, should we say, Perfectly Good Heart? 
we can definitely say a perfectly good heart place in this world even the outside Ooh. oh that hey hey nobody comes for the outside with on my watch in a the lot outside of places i've never been on the outside how dare you the outside was my jam sorry there are so many songs on debut that i think could be replaced yeah. by better unreleased songs no i agree with you i agree with you i'm just protective over the outside because that was that was my 13 year old self's song like it was uh, your 13 year old self needs to get better taste my 13-year-old self was sad and lonely. Leave her alone. I don't even remember my 13-year-old self. I'm ugly. still sad and lonely. Amy <laughs> <laughs> is her 13-year-old self. It's me. I'm Kathy. I don't know what that is. You don't know Wuthering Heights? What is wrong with you? Well, I, know, I know Wuthering Heights is a Bronte sister's book. That's all. You don't know the Kate Bush song? No, but I didn't know that was Fuck a song that off. The only Kate Bush song I know is Running Up That Hill. So we think maybe it was wrong that it wasn't included on the original debut album. So I feel like this next question is kind of unnecessary. But Molly, do we think that this song should be on the vault when Taylor re-records the debut album? Yes, yes, yes. However many times I can say yes, yes. I think it would be perfect. It would be funny. I think people would love it. I think it definitely deserves its place. You know where I think it would have fit? And I hate to be Rachel in this situation, but it so would have fit on the Beautiful Eyes EP. I can see that. I respect that. I respect that thought. Thank you. But no, I, I desperately hope that it does end up on the debut vault because honestly, hearing 32 year old Taylor singing that and being like yes I wrote this when I was 14 15 years old I didn't really have a career and now I have gone through life I've gone through the media I've gone through like over a decade writing songs about people people hating me for it I mean it's just it's god it is the full circle moment it's hilarious to think of her going back, singing that song and putting it on the debut vault. I would love it. I think it definitely deserves its place on there. And if it doesn't end up on there, I will riot. I want it on there almost as much as I want Dark Blue Tennessee. And that's saying a lot. That is saying an awful lot. Like we are emotionally invested in Dark Blue Tennessee being on the debut vault. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media for exclusive content. And we'll see you next week with a new episode of the Swift Legacy Podcast. 